Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. Oh my God. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? like went to Olive Garden <laughs> and it was me my mom my sister my brother and you I came out of Olive Garden that's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard <laughs> I know I don't understand how this radio thing works like is it I don't know <laughs> absolutely not And welcome to It's Our Turn, Queers and Cults. Oh, that's lovely. That I'm going to sing it every time. Yeah, do that. We should do I that. Think. We're starting we should, off great we today. We're a little hectic. A little hectic? A little bit. We're a little bit more hectic than we normally are. So it's just basically utter chaos for anyone else. Yeah. You know? But that's where we thrive, baby. Absolutely. Our that's baseline is, it's, it's, you know, some people call it, um, some people call it a challenge. I say that we just exist at a higher frequency. I don't ever say that. I, I was just going to say, I was like, when the f- have you ever I said I don't that? know. I've never said that. Wow, you sound so profound. <laughs> wow. <is> so... <laughs> anyway. Let me have my moment. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Aiden's adjusting their mic. Nope. Aiden is adjusting their mic. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> I'm, I was. We sat here for like however long and I like didn't hit record. Didn't adjust my mic. Didn't do any of the things. I got um. I got like the oncoming spring lethargy. You know what mm. I mean? It has been so. Mm-hmm. It's been so freaking rainy. Which like I'm grateful for. We've been in a drought. We really needed it. But like, oh my god, the sun came out today, and I was just like, bruh, I am a sad plant, and now I'm not. <laughs> I oh, don't. Babe. I like the rain and fog now. I've like turned into that person, where when it's like raining and dreary, I'm like, cool. I can stay inside with less guilt and shame. Whereas when it's sunny, I'm like, oh, I should probably like do things <laughs> and exist and walk outside and be in the sun or exercise or something that I'm not going to do. I'm just going to feel bad about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I'm just vitamin D deficient. Oh, yeah. I mean, I take vitamin D every single day because. I just started taking it again and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone in Humboldt County is vitamin D deficient at this mm-hmm. point. Like everyone. Fact. It's just a thing. So yeah. take vitamin D. Everyone, that's our that's Take our advice for D. today. And that's the end of the show. Have yeah, a great time. and it was lovely. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good day wherever you are. Whatever you're doing. Um, <laughs> Bye. No, but actually, you know what? Speaking of uh, taking vitamin D, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about um, 
the the path to healing. I think it's yes. something that's come up for both of us recently and how um, nonlinear it is because, you know, when I was starting to feel sad in all the, the gray and the fog, I was just like, oh, man, I was doing so well recently. You know, I've been like I've, I've been really grappling, grappling with my shit and we yeah. never stop grappling. It with never it shit. never ends. Yeah, yeah. No. But then I had like an off week and I'm just like feeling weird. I'm struggling mm-hmm. with my goals and stuff. And then I feel like I'm, like, oscillating, like, every other day. Like, oh, my God, today I am so sad and so anxious and I'm exhausted. And the next day I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm fine. And it almost, like, invalidates. You know those days when you're, like, you, like, convince yourself that your whole trauma was just, like, a trick that you played on yourself? Like, it was a bad. Oh, yeah, totally. You're like, oh, that was a bad dream I had. I think that's something uh, we haven't really talked about before is that the, the path to healing from trauma is not, it's not an uphill climb. No. It's, it's not linear you are Mm-mm. walking through a very weird bumpy little valley yeah healing is not a linear process um, i heard it described really well as like a like a, a path up a mountain like be, in the sense that you feel like like you're always making progress but you feel like you're coming around to the same point constantly and that's because you are oh, you know you, you're starting on one side of the mountain you walk all the way around you make all this progress but then the view looks the same mm. but you're actually higher you're elevated. You just it, it looks the same and feels the same because you are coming back to that same spot all the time, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because it constantly, when you get to like a point, you get you like level up, and you feel like, oh, I've made so much progress, and then it almost feels like immediately, you're like, yeah. why am I still dealing with this? Why am I still doing this? Why do I still have this struggle, or that struggle, blah blah blah? And it feels like the progress is irrelevant when it's not. You've made the progress. You're just looking at it from a a similar perspective. Shit. Mind-boggling, right? Yeah, dude, that, that was you, a big you one. Saw, you saw that right in my brain. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I just, like, dissociated into space. I was like, oh. Uh, what? Bruh. <laughs> yeah. Bruh. No, it, for real, though. Like, that's, um, that's and that's kind of what I, I, I think I've been struggling with lately is, um, like you said, like, going, going around the mountain, but I'm coming back to that same point. Mm-hmm. I'm at a process with, uh, my healing journey where it's like I've just recently kind of kind of like dug into the grave you know I like I buried all my stuff and now I'm there and now I have all like I've got all the bones I've got all the yeah. the rotting bits and it's like I need this metaphor has gotten away from me already okay I need to clear <laughs> you're sure. like yeah that's fine yeah. I'm like I need to I need to clear out the grave it's always mm-hmm. going to be a grave but I need to be why is it okay a grave where did when did it become a grave because I'm emo bro no but like mm-hmm. what's in the grave your trauma, your memories. I'm just trying to understand this this metaphor, like legitimately trying. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic. I'm actually no. not. I'm just, damn. We're starting off the show because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it no, sound, I no, realized when I um... asked it, I sounded <clears throat> so like, what? Like, what so are you doing? What it's that? But no, I no, genuinely like. No, you started me. Is what you did? You're like, like, so why do you? Why do you use a oh, grave? I didn't even... <laughs> why is it a grave? Why is it a grave? No, um, like, why couldn't it be a garden? No, shit. I'm not doing it is, that. No, but it is, that's it but is a garden. Actually, you know what? I'm just it's, blooming I'm, zombies. Here's what it is. For a long time, it was a grave. Mm-hmm. It was a grave because how I coped with my trauma is coped was by not facing it. What I did for the longest time is I was aware that it happened, and I almost like I buried it all away and had this like outward yeah. ambivalence. Oh, absolutely. But I was still being destructive, and I'm realizing I'm like, hmm. I need to go clear that out. And as I've started digging in, it's like, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting to finally be like, okay, you know what? I have this trauma. I need to face it. 
And that's where this this nonlinear path of healing has come up for me because I'm like, yeah. okay, you know what? If I sense. just I had this thought going into it, I'm like, if I go in and I start to actually talk about it, that'll make it go away. Yeah. No, what it uncovers is um, so much of my my personality is built around trauma, especially like we talk about here, religious trauma. I've yeah. I've been faced recently with how much of my my default behavior is based from coming from a toxically religious environment. Oh the my way, God! Yes, the way I Sorry, judge. It's so nice and warm and comfort, like no, comfortable I'm in here. You. I'm it's like, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I immediately, I'm drinking up water, and it's nice and warm and comfortable in here, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this, I feel so good. I'm and just they start yearning. Sorry. No, it's fine. yeah. Um, I I relate to that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's that's the thing that I'm trying to focus on is I'm, I've I've been digging out the rot and it. It smells and it's nasty, but at the same time, I want to take all those those bones and pieces and use them to feed the blossoms of my garden. Yeah. So we're moving from a grave into a garden. There nice. we go. There you go. Got Good the job. Metaphor. I like that. Uh huh. There it is. I, but it sucks. It sucks. Ass. It fucking sucks. It sucks really, really bad. Because you have like, I relate to a lot of the like uh who am I without my trauma kind of thing? Like, Uh because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because, because uh, for me, my entire life was trauma. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, granted I had, you know, good memories and stuff. It doesn't mean that like every single second of every single day was horrible, but kind of, you know, for like a long time, my Mm -hmm. entire existence. I mean, I grew up in a cult, you know, with an abusive father, Mm -hmm. like, and, and, and a survivor of sexual assault, like those things all happened to me. And so it was just this constant and this constant trauma. So when you remove the trauma, it's like, I don't know how to just react to someone. I don't know how to just enjoy someone. I, you know, someone's presence or a relationship. I don't know how to just like, there's no like, it's not like acting. It's all reacting. You're just constantly Mm -hmm. waiting for the next thing to happen. You're constantly like preparing yourself you are in survival mode all the time all the time and then yeah cuz that's what i've been running into recently is i looked around and i was like oh my gosh my life is great like i've 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 built the life that yeah. like younger me would have been so stoked about i'm out let's start there totally i'm out i'm queer i'm at peace with that i know my queerness i support myself i have a great job i have a loving partner i have you know wonderful friends like i'm i'm doing the things that i want why am I bummed? Totally. Why am I still bummed? Like, why am I always waiting for the other shoe to drop? Mm-hmm. What is that? So I started digging into that recently. And when we are brought up in a traumatic environment, especially toxic religion, being queer, we have to hide who we are. We never get a safe space to be authentically yep. ourselves. That's just how we grow up. So that is how our brains wire us. Undoing that wiring, first of all, Girl, I thought I was going to do this shit overnight. I really did. I thought I was superwoman. I thought I was going to be like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to my inner child and like we're going to be great. I realized that is not how healing goes. I have this this mental image I put in my head where it's like when, you know, I'm getting anxious or depressed or I'm just feeling off. I'm not just, you know, going to tell my inner child once it's okay. I have to constantly walk down the hall to my childhood bedroom in my head and sit down on the bed and listen to that kid. Mm-hmm. I have to listen to those emotions when they come up because I'm still learning how to feel them. 
You know what I mean? Um, Tony and I were talking about this recently. You know, Tony just had a birthday. Happy belated birthday, Tony. Uh, Did I remember that? Probably ooh, not. Ooh, Tony. And I forgot ooh. your birthday. Ooh. I forget everyone's birthday. Half the time my own. So. Well, because d- trauma also causes memory remember problems. Anything. Yeah. yeah, anything. I can't remember anything. Well, but Tony just recently had a birthday. And um, we were talking. It was like, what you know? What are some of the favorite things you've done this year? And doing the thing Tony hates the most, I gave him a compliment. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Miserable. I'm really proud of you. Like he's he's getting really far into his sobriety journey, which is freaking mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm like, you've come, you've come so far, in such a short amount of time. And he said something flippant of like, oh, you know, well, I'm insert number here. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah, yeah. Tony wants it out. Um, he's like, you know, I'm I'm this age. It took me a long time. I'm like, no, but. As Tony Tony's told his story, right? On here? About I don't know what the story you're talking to, so I can't <laughs> answer that question. Um I mean he's talked about just about everything, so Well Tony yeah, okay. So Tony's been like out um only yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, only yeah. about four mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. did Tony start beat. Yeah, Tony's him. coming out stories on our um which That's what I thought. I see I now I can't remember. All things. of our hosts um coming out stories are on the podcast, so we oh. now we need yours. Did, oh, mm. Well, we're not doing if that If you want to share, not today, no, but in general, if you would like to share that, then we can have all of our hosts coming out stories. <gasps> that would be great. No pressure, though, that of course, obviously. Um, but yeah, we were talking about that, and, and you know, Tony, you know, did did our reaction, which was like, oh, well, I'm not that great. And I was like, no, dude, like, you, only four years ago, you were in this situation. You got out of it. Look at you now, like, mm-hmm. achieving your goals. And I was like, you're only, in a way... You've only been authentically yourself for four years. You're a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Would you hold yeah. a four-year-old to those standards? Same thing with me. I left my like my toxic trauma situation finally, fully, completely about six years ago. I'm a six-year-old. Yeah. Like that's the thing. When we, from that moment when we when we break out, when we come out, when we when we do that, that's the first time we're really learning to reparent. And, and, and undo all the damage that things like toxic religion or emotional unavailability from our caretakers gave to us. Growing up queer and invalidated and often secret in religious, toxic religion, we don't grow up. No. We're, we're, just, little, we're just little fighters just yeah. surviving in the way that we know. So I'm trying to learn how to take it easier on myself and be like, well, I'm having a really angry day. What's going on? It's like, well, a six-year-old can't regulate their emotions all the time, totally. man. Like, I'm throwing a tantrum. Yeah. Like, I, like my emotions are... Fucking my, mm-hmm. what? Like eight years old. I've been out for like eight years, like since two thousand. Thank you. Happy eighth birthday. Uh, <laughs> August will be nine, I think, um, or two thousand thirteen. So, wait, ten. August will be ten. Ten years that I've been out. Oh. I came out August two thousand thirteen. <gasps> Double mm-hmm. digits. Look at you. I know, You're right? growing up. But it's 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 uh, it's it's so weird. Like we we are talking about how you know like the survival mode and the how your brain thinks like like we are. I was talking to a friend about this this week about how I get so frustrated that <clears throat> so much of in my in my family dynamic in my family in the family unit how even though like my dad is the one is the the uh, the abusive one who mm-hmm. is still awful and still, you know, not nice to our family. And uh, the source of, like, all of our trauma. And yet every single family decision centers around um, 
his needs and what will keep him happy and what will make him comfortable because he's an abuser. That's what they do. He's a narcissist. So every holiday is like, well, you know, dad can't make it there. So let's do it. Well, dad wants to do it at this time. Oh, well, if it's, you know, dad can't this, dad can't that, dad, dad, this, dad wants to do this. Dad wants to do that. I'm like, I don't give two flying fucks what he wants to do. Like, why is it that I'm trying to enjoy my family? I'm trying to enjoy, you know, my my mom, my sister. I'm trying to, it, like, repair those relationships and move them and grow and do that kind of stuff. And yet I can't even myself be authentic because they won't let go of him. They mm-hmm. will not let go of him. And mm-hmm. it's like, and then so then I have to confront the reality of, like, by me making them a priority and them making him a priority, I'm still fucking adjusting my life based on him. Mm -hmm. So many of the things that I do are based on his comfort level, whether or not he will find out, whether or not that will offend him, Mm -hmm. like consciously and subconsciously. Sometimes I don't even realize it, you know? And you know what's really interesting about that? That, like, just popped into my head? That's how, from my background in toxic religion that's how so many people see god oh absolutely my behavior is will 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 the lord approve mm-hmm. like i can't have a sinful thought i can't you know make a mistake like there mm-hmm. and that fear conditioning oh absolutely is so a part of it so you're you're <clears throat> wired in in this circumstance to serve the 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 god of the family and that's so hard to get out of i had you know multiple narcissistic examples you know god pastor bad pastor and my dad all similar dynamics all similar uh personalities but just different like dynamics Mm. so i mean if the way god is presented to us and you know we use the terms toxic religion because we know not all religion is i mean not all religion is toxic or at least not all and people's motivations are always toxic. Mm-hmm. And I understand that um, I'm again, I'm not saying that all God or or divinity is bad either. So, but the God, quote unquote, that I was presented with is a narcissistic, abusive father. Like oh, that's yeah, that's who was presented to me. I'm oh, always yeah. watching you. I'm always judging you. Any kind of any one tiny little slip up, you're going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. But I love you unconditionally, except when you do this, this and this and this. It Fucking... is taught to be conditional mm-hmm. love where you have you have no privacy. You have no autonomy. Freaking Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. And then, and then we're cast Jesus out. Jesus was like, "Fuck, fuck off, girl." And also, like Adam and Eve could do whatever they want, whenever they wanted, as long as they stayed in the Garden of Eden as and didn't and follow these rules. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so it's like <clears throat> the. And I've said this before that if you take the Jesus factor out of you know Pentecostal Christianity, it looks it's closer to mental illness than it is you know uh, religion. Mm-hmm. And same thing with if you take the Jesus out of the behaviors of the person that we were that that god was presented to us it's closer to the fucking definition of a narcissistic abusive person than it is a loving god like just take the jesus out and look at this look at the behavior oh speaking from a catholic experience i i remember the moment when i felt truly uh betrayed and gaslit Mm -hmm. by religion the first time the first before i knew what being gaslit was i remember the first moment i felt it um 
So in Catholicism, um, you have catechism, which is basically Sunday school. So yeah. you go to Sunday school from the time you're a little, little kid. And the, the narrative when you're young is the, the Jesus loves me, this I know. Yep. Um, and it's all just this very loving, beautiful, everything's cartoons. You know, Noah's Ark is very um, presented yeah. in a way where it's just kind of like people were, were making God really sad. So um, he made a flip. But they're not going to emphasize the fact that he drowned everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look like, at it's our the, loving God that saved all of the humans. I mean, saved these eight humans and, and all, all the of the animals. animals. And then he made a rainbow. Isn't he loving? And yeah. he made a rainbow. So beautiful. You we mean God <laughs> murdered the entire fucking world oh yeah because he didn't like them oh yeah because so we get the... they were being independent and wouldn't obey him so he yeah. was like done Go you're by. not what i thought you were i created humanity with free will and they won't do what i tell them bye bye exactly so we got the very pardon the pun watered down yeah. versions of of biblical stories yes. the very the very heavily censored kid-friendly version then at about six seven years old you receive your first communion. So you are basically training to be like, look at this beautiful God. Don't you want to uh, receive his body every day? But no, don't think you. about don't think about sexuality, though. Um, and not in the fun way. <laughs> and not you know? in the fun way. I, I wouldn't mind I receiving a body every day, but not that one. Just kidding. I'm d- I, don't, I don't like sex. <laughs> We've yeah, talked about we're this. We're demis, girl. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what is it I said last night? I was like, what kind of, like, of course Jesus would be a man. What guy's like, well, I have to come twice. <laughs> you can't come once and that's enough for you also gay because he hang out hung out with 12 oh, dudes I said that this week who did yeah. I say that I was like <laughs> you're telling me that Jesus that like Jesus hung out with 12 men and one woman and who you're- was that Hooker? Who was yeah? Who was a sex worker? A sex and worker? you're not. Excuse me, the word hooker. No, I think hookers. I don't say it. I don't say it negatively. I think it's yeah. you know, it's kind of like the F slur for me. If 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 one of my friends says that to me, I'm gonna laugh. I'm not gonna be offended. Oh, yeah, but I no, would never say it in general. But anyways, you know what I'm it. saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're gonna tell me that, and you're, he's not like gay. He exclusively hung out with twelve men, most of the time not in the company of anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you're just saying they sat around and like prayed and read the Bible? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. 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 Not a chance. You put 12 men, regardless of their sexuality, in a room for, like, more than a day, something's going to happen. Oh, especially if one of them says, here's my body. Yeah, exactly. I give it up for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't you want my body? Don't you like my beard? Yeah. That, that, the last totally Supper, white. The Last Supper had nothing to do with crucifixion. That was a fucking orgy. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So, all that aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we hear these watered-down versions uh, as, as young Catholic children. Then we reach our first communion. I remember distinctly right after I took my first communion. And for me, I think I've told this story before. That was my first moment of doubt because I, my broken home situation, I had to mm-hmm. choose what parent was there. Then after that, you go back into catechism because you go first communion and then confirmation is about like 15, 16. You're like confirmed. But as soon as we took our first communions, the narrative switched in catechism. And they're like, psych, guess what? Fear God. Yeah. Scare him. Here's Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's uh, the story of Isaac and Abraham. Like, uh, you're telling me God told him to kill his kid and then was like, huh, never Just mind. Kidding. Exactly. So, like, this, this narrative switched. So, I grew up for a long time, not only in like a traumatic, abusive household, but also in toxic religion. I had, how did Death Cab for Cutie put it? Fear is the heart of love. Mm-hmm. That's exactly, that is the thing that I internalized for so long that I'm still shaking off Eden bless him he and I have talked recently you know I've been talking to him about my trauma journey where I'm like I feel motivated to do things out of um 
like obligation, especially because I I have it internalized that that's my role as the woman of the house. Mm, I mm-hmm. must take on all these things. So he started doing this really great check with me, which is, um, do you feel, uh, how does he put it? When I like do something for him, like, oh, I'm going to go. He says he's thirsty. I'm going to go get you a glass of water. He's like, are you choosing to do that? Because it would be a nice thing to do for me. Or are you compelled to do that? Because you feel like it's your role. Mm. shit blew my mind you know i've had and of course i've had a weird week because i'm like i'm realizing there are so many behaviors i have that i'm just compelled to do yeah not i not i want to not i feel a sense of autonomy but because i was taught to be this is your role this is your job yeah totally yeah Yeah. that you have to do it that way you have to you have to be that person Mm -hmm. you know i have to be the caretaker because i always was yeah Always was. And, and that's just how it is. That's how your role is. The, 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 that how, I don't know if I've explicitly mentioned this, but the, it, it is, it is genuinely like scary to me how much of my life is still dictated by the principles of religion and God and fear mm-hmm. that I was raised by subconsciously. You know, like oh, even if it's on the forefront of my head, girl. When I have the uh, actual mm-hmm. wherewithal to uh, have some me time, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, wink, wink. It's still under the blankets. Oh, one hundred percent, hundred percent. I like, only recently started under taking the blankets, off my pants. Lights off, like <laughs> yeah. li- lights off. Uh, headphones in. <laughs> like no one can know. Just like absolutely, the guilt dip afterwards, yep. where you're like, Ugh. it's almost like a. It almost feels like it's a chore, because like I want to do it, but I know how shitty I'm going to feel after. Mm-hmm. And then like you know you get in that the mode of where you're like, you're 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 acting more on instinct as opposed to you know thought you know like you're enjoying it you're enjoying yourself and then that whole in, in that moment you're doing the things that you enjoy mm-hmm. and then as soon as it's over you're like oh, i'm a horrible disgusting person oh, you know like yes. every single time like there's every no that's what i think that sometimes people don't understand when it comes to religious trauma is it's also well, sexual trauma it's everything so- <sighs> sex is taught in such a different way when you grow up in toxic religion oh and yeah well, it's not taught at all for me we weren't ta- we oh, didn't yeah. talk about it at all oh no we never <clears throat> discussed it we never discussed it um and my my family were all doctors so if we did ever discuss sex it, it was, was very an, clinical it was very anatomical mm-hmm. yeah. kind of way like my parents did not talk to me about like i don't think we ever talked about the word consent because it was like well you're only ever going to have sex with your husband what, the consent is irrelevant because you're only going to do it after you get married yeah with your and partner, you're only going to do it to have babies uh, and i yeah. would like to say explicitly that marriage does not remove the need for consent. You can still be sexually assaulted by your partner. Oh, but by did you your know? husband, by your wife. That was only put into law about forty years ago. I didn't even know it was a law. I just assumed it fucking wasn't. Oh no. Until forty years ago, there was no such thing as marital rape. Oh my god, of course there wasn't. No such thing. It just didn't exist. If you were married, it could be If you were married, you could rape. not possibly be assaulted because you were property. Yeah. As a Absolutely. woman, you were property, or a man. Yeah, you were property. You were just you that mm-hmm. you were owned. Mm-hmm. You were just fucking owned. It's yep. and and that's one of the things that I like would like to communicate at least for me is that, and I don't know how to communicate it with the severity of which I experience it, but mm-hmm. fear, guilt, and shame dictate not not influence, <laughs> not not steer not focus they it 
dictates every single thing I do. What type of cereal I buy, (laughs) like, you know, like what I do or do not do in when I pleasure myself, Mm -hmm. uh, what type of house I own, what color of clothes I wear, what I do and what kind of underwear I wear, you know, like what kind of socks I wear. It is dictated. Like, I'm just trying to think of the most outrageous, baffling things, you know, like I still to this day, um, when I, uh, unconsciously, subconsciously, if I'm going to buy something of a cleaning supply, mm-hmm. if there's a pink one or a whatever other color one, I just get the other color one. Doesn't matter if I think the pink one's cute because, quote unquote, men don't wear pink, men don't blah, 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 blah. I don't agree with that. I think quite the opposite. I think that colors don't have gender. I think clothes don't have gender. Hair doesn't have gender. I don't, I don't, I don't believe any of that. Yeah. But I'm still dictated by it because it's so deeply ingrained into my brain that it is my subconscious reactions to things. Yep. So that's that's the the depth of control and lack of free will that we are now left with. Yep. Is is devastating. It is. However, I want to offer a glimmer of hope. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. What sucks about having trauma is there's only two ways to cope with its effects on your life. One is to talk about it mm-hmm. and to talk about it in depth, be it with yourself, be it with a friend, therapist, be it with a therapist, someone, yeah. be it with whatever version of divinity you have now. Yeah. Like absolutely. that is also a thing. Like, dude, some days I'm like, sometimes I can, I can go into my head and I can talk to my inner child and I can really help. Other days I'm like, I'm just going to pull out a deck of tarot, tarot cards. This is going to be hope it. hope for the best. <laughs> and, some days, <laughs> yeah. and some days I can't cope with it at all. Some days yeah. I'm just like, look, the, all I can do is dissociate today. Yeah. And that's what it's going to be. I'm just going to doom scroll on TikTok for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the most I can do. But either way, like, I'm still trying to protect myself. But I found recently I'm really trying to do the, the minimal things that scare me. You know, so I, gr- I grew up yeah. poor and religious, so we fasted a lot. So when I go to eat a meal, I, I have this thing in my head that's like, do I deserve this meal? Mm-hmm. Do I want this meal? So this morning you came over for coffee. I was I was going through that and I was like, do I deserve to eat right now? I'm like, I'm just going to eat and see yeah. what happens. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Guess what fucking happened? I felt great. Yeah, I felt you, so much better. Because you need food to survive. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt great. I, and things like that. It's it's sometimes what we have to do. We have to buy the pink cleaning product. And just, and just sit with the discomfort until, until, and just do it. until it goes, not goes away, but until you have enough. For me, it's very, uh, it's, al- it's like almost like gathering data. So mm-hmm. like you buy the pink cleaning product and you think it's going to be the end of the world and then it isn't. So yeah. then you buy it again. Again, and also Again. nothing happens. And you normalize it. After a while, and you normalize it. Yep. facing it, you will normalize it. And by it. the third or fourth or however many times you go, oh, I'm buying the pink product because I want it. Because and I, it, it makes and it me happy, damn it. It makes me happy and it has no other consequence. Boom. That's yeah. the thing. You want to talk about we, we are dictated by fear? Everything has a consequence. We are wired to believe that consequence means negative. Inherently negative. We are wired for the mm-hmm. negative. Let's talk about how joy, pleasure, amusement, happiness, orgasms, yes. sugar rushes, 
freaking, I, I went out and had fun with my friends. And yeah, I'm going to be sleeping yep. tomorrow. But in this present moment, and being in the present is so hard. Yes. But it's like in this present moment, this is serving me. I think This that, is the joy. I think that's the biggest thing that religious trauma, trauma probably in general, but specifically religious trauma takes from us is the present moment. Yes. We, I think you can relate to this. I never am living in the present moment ever in conversation, in, in, in pleasure, in, um, even in fear and in, in nothing. There's no such thing as a present moment. What am I feeling in the moment? Oh, I don't know. I thought about that five minutes ago. Like mm-hmm. I'm already in 10, I'm in 10 minutes in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm not just buying a pink cleaning product. I am planning out the conversation the that I'm going to have with my father when I encounter him at Target, which he doesn't fucking leave the house. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that to say that rationale is not a factor in these, in these thought processes. Exactly. I'm not living in the moment of buying the pink, pink cleaning product. I'm processing all of the things I'm going to have to do um, for all the consequences I'm going to experience for having a mm-hmm. clean, clean, a pink cleaning product. I'm also, mm-hmm. but also a legitimate fear on the, like a legitimate thing to that is the, the like you know society is a very dangerous place for queer people right now so there's also the like what if someone sees me with this how will i defend myself is someone going to assault me for having this cleaning product that's pink you know like all so Mm -hmm. there's i'm not saying that all fear is irrational or unwarranted no um but speaking strictly the context of this you know like my dad isn't going to do anything to me for having a pink cleaning product so the so the 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 trauma and the thought that that thought process is not ration, rational and that's mm-hmm. trauma based, not facts. Exactly. So, so when that's we... what I'm, I just want to have that disclaimer yes. that I'm not talking about the fact that queer people are going through a real threat right now, you know, so, Always. so there's that. We're never not threatened. No, ever. We're never. never not threatened by, even if religion stopped existing tomorrow, which it won't, even if it stopped existing tomorrow, people fear what they do not know. Yeah. And not, not everyone's queer. First of all, it's okay to be cis and heterosexual. It's okay. But many, many cis heterosexual people feel like a threat to queer people because I'm like, it's you are not willing to move past your ignorance and learn. It requires a certain amount of humility that unfortunately, not very common. It's just not. When, When we talk about, you know, you were saying like rational versus irrational reactions, survival mode is not all bad like you were saying like it is dangerous to you know be queer i speaking as a woman it's like oh i feel cute and empowered in this skirt still not gonna walk down the street in it at two in the morning by myself (laughs) not without not without my keys between my fingers yeah and and pepper spray in the other hand and 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 planning all your exit routes you know and that's the thing is it's um if i may get a little graphic here when it comes to uh Wearing the cute skirt and knowing I'm going to walk home alone at two in the morning. Not willing to die for that. Nope. I'm not. Nope. When it comes to uh, buying a pink cleaning product and punching a bigot in the face, I'd be willing to get arrested for that. <laughs> I would. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because yeah. when I do go, that's that's the thing. But when, yes. what you were saying that I want to touch on real quick is yeah. when you talk about it's we, we both have shared that we always feel like we're running out of time. Yes. You know why that Constantly. is? You know why that is? Hmm. Tell me, please. You want to know? I do want to know. You want to know? Genuinely. Sis, we are still, we are still now, after leaving religion and knowing it does not serve us, we are still preparing ourselves for the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I totally, yeah, that makes so much sense. We are still, just in case, 
mm-hmm. just in case it's real, just, just in, in case, case they're is. right and we're wrong, just in case it's mm-hmm. not. I don't believe that's the case. No. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. But what God would send us anywhere worse than this? Yeah, seriously. Excuse me. And it, 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 also, one hundred percent believe in ghosts and reincarnation yeah. and all those things. I'm like, regardless of what you believe in, if you're what you believe in after you leave toxic religion, you will always carry the idea with you that you have to fit in this much goodness, this much not sinning, like anything that's just not sinning, you have to fit in before you die. And you are so paranoid and preoccupied with that Mm -hmm. that you don't actually enjoy life. That's why I've always admired people of uh, the the Judaism, Jewish belief system, mm because I don't believe in heaven. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, in Judaism, this is all you get. This is it. This is all you get. Yeah. Can we talk about how every person I've met who is... (laughs) of Jewish descent is just like so balls to the wall like yeah, like just right life. out yeah. in in life and they, like oh my gosh i i had uh, a couple jewish friends growing up and i was like you got a stomach ache and you're like complaining about it that blew my mind they're like oh my stomach hurts i'm like well be grateful that god gave you a stomach like Tol- it's just yes, it's like yes, a totally yes, yes, different yes. Absolutely. Like, well, give it up to God. Da, da, da. It's like, no, my stomach hurts and yeah. I hate this. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing well, is, it I could always be worse. That. You know, you could be living in a sinful world and going doomed to hell. So, a stomach ache's not that bad. And that's another like, interesting thing is we will we have been trained to invalidate our pain. We talk about the attitude absolutely. of gratitude, that oh, kind yeah. of bullshit, where it's just like we're trained to invalidate our pain. We're trained to survive. We are trained. We are programmed that we're running out of time and we mm-hmm. have to do enough good things and enough not bad things to get into heaven. All of those things are so fucking hard to undo. They are now hardwired yeah. surviving trauma. They are hard to undo. However, we can. We can absolutely do it. It, it takes it, time, but we yeah. can do it. I, I it, it feels like if, you know, someone walked up to me and said, you know, hey, don't know if you know this, but how you're walking is actually not how humans are supposed to walk. We're supposed to walk like this. And and how you're walking is actually causing this pain in your back and this pain in your neck and this pain in your foot and this pain in your knee and this. But I'm like, I've been walking this way for 40 years. I didn't know there was another way to mm-hmm. walk. This is just how I walk. Mm-hmm. This is just what I do. I don't like and then. The capacity on top of everything else that I'm dealing with, my trauma and trying to pay bills and enjoy my life and have some fun and blah, blah, blah. And now on top of that, I have to reprogram how I walk. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't feel worth it. I'll just put up with the back pain. I'll just put up with whatever I'm dealing with because this is the only way I know how to walk. And it feels easier than changing how I walk for a potentially better life, quote unquote, because that's how it feels. The potentially better life. It will be better. But for us, will it really be better? You know, is it actually worth it? So glad you said that because that is far and away the hardest part. Something that I struggle with a lot because changing Changing yourself requires patience. And when you're never given it and you have to learn how to do it as you're giving it to yourself, it's very chaotic. It's very nonlinear. And it's the hardest part is that that patience for yourself, that empathy for yourself is just fucking hard. Yeah. It's just fucking hard. The only way to look at it is understanding that you are learning a new skill set. Yeah. 
and I don't know about you. I was fundamental. Yeah. I was a gifted child, you know, quote unquote, where it's just kind of like, oh my God, you're so advanced. So then anytime I wasn't immediately good at something, I just gave up. Oh, that's how I was too. Like not, Mm -hmm. not like I, I, we we were homeschooled from like, I was homeschooled from fourth grade on. So I never Mm -hmm. had the like, like I never had a school system to be like, oh, you're, you know, your child is gifted or, or exceptional or Mm -hmm. on the spectrum or there was no like other thing that could be explained I just like got done with my school early and school work early every day and if someone gave me like hey we need we need someone to do this at the church I just learned it I just did it I just was I did it and I knew how to do it and that was it Mm -hmm. so you would think that would make me feel like I can take on the world but in fact it did the opposite like you were saying if I wasn't immediately good at something I was a complete failure exactly you know just because I had to be good at everything. It was yeah. the only thing that, like, even remotely made me feel of any value at all, you know? Exactly. And, and oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the, the, um, that when you were saying that, like, getting better takes time and takes patience. One of the most, like, and then combining, like, getting better takes time requires patience and when you feel like you don't have any time it never feels doable or worth it because it's like I don't have the time to heal because I've got so for me I feel like I've missed out on almost my entire life Mm -hmm. you know I I came out at 30 I'm going to be 40 this year I feel like I've had 10 years to relearn my life which is impossible and I've done a lot in that amount of time but I feel like there's still so much more that I haven't experienced and I want to experience but it is excruciating because of the amount of work it's going to take to do it but also how all of the challenges that I'm left with yeah the trauma the the health issues the mental health issues the uh, trying to manage all of that all mm-hmm. of those things it makes it exceptionally more difficult and I also feel like I'm running out of time and there's also still much, so much life I want to live, but I also want to be really good at these things that I never got to be good at as a kid. But I also just want to fucking play with Legos and around, you goes. know what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's that constant shift of that mm-hmm. constant, that just on repeat, just rinse and repeat every single day, all day. And that's worth recognizing is that when, when you come out of the other side of trauma, you really do get divided you really do become split into two people there is the you you always were that you had to be to survive your situation and there's the you you're at now yeah who's a stranger yeah you don't know who that person is you know what you would love for them to be but that feels so far away and it doesn't happen overnight it has to be gradual i remember like and that's the thing too you're not going to change until you want to and it's not going to take one way of doing it like you know, I talk like I know shit about dick, but I don't like yeah. so like if I weren't on my medication right now, I'd be dysfunctional. But I found totally. that medication. That's a that's a weapon in my arsenal. And I have to think yeah. about that because I have to think about it that way because I'm like, I'm still fighting to be a better me. I initially started my trauma journey out of my favorite emotion, my most familiar emotion, spite. Oh, yeah. I am <laughs> totally fueled. Yeah. I started by being totally fueled by spite of I hate this person i what is it i said to eden the other day i hate me so much i hate who i've become and who i was shaped into so much that i want to love me just to spite myself just to p- 
piss that person off. Just to spite <laughs> myself. And that's how it initially started with changing my habits with like the smallest things like, oh, I really, I need to take a shower, but I don't want to. Well, fuck you, self. I'm going to mm-hmm. take a shower. I'm going to take care of you, damn it. Mm-hmm. Because I responded to that kind of aggression initially. Yeah. And some days that still works for me. Some days that's how I have to talk to myself is the like, all right, come on, kid. Let's get it. Like, damn it. You got to do it. Go for it. And other days it's easier to be like, well, that aggression doesn't feel good. And it's like, I'll ask myself, like, will you please? Will you please just don't even think about taking the shower, breaking it down smaller. Go in the bathroom, turn on the shower water and just sit there and listen. And then, of course, I get that far. I'm like, well, I might as well get undressed. Well, I might as well step in the shower. Well, I might as well wash my hair. And that's the thing is, like, eventually you can. It is possible to slowly, progressively rewire yeah. that survival into love. It that, is not overnight. That's interesting. I, I love hearing about your process because the the reward system is the thing that works the best for me. Mm-hmm. So I have, which is challenging to keep up with. And often kind of, if you're not careful, can create uh, like, like addictions or like, uh, well, just kind of like addiction. So like, like if you like, I reward myself with food very often, which is good and that works and that's fine. Except for that, if that becomes my only reward, then I'm just constantly overeating, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, so there's give and take with everything. No, no, no processes Mm -hmm. without challenges, but the the thing for me like to get my to for me to get myself to shower it's the like because I, I shower at night because ocd and i can't i have a hard time i have now decided that i can't climb into a clean bed with a dirty body so i have to shower at night now oh man that makes me feel like shit i shower at night because i want to sleep in <laughs> I'm like i don't want to oh <laughs> it, that's a perk for sure like because yeah. but that's part of the reward system my yeah. my thought process is when I'm so tired at night and I don't want to shower because I'm fucking exhausted from the day, mm-hmm. I will tell myself, oh, but if you shower now, then you get to climb into your clean bed feeling clean and you'll mm-hmm. sleep better and you won't have to get up and shower in the morning, which means you can, I can draw, I can make a better breakfast, I can sleep in, I can do whatever the things I want to do in the morning, I'll have more time to do them because I did this thing that I need to do. Like, I love what you just did there is you you motivated you motivate yourself to do something that's maybe hard to cuz keep in mind something like showering, something like drinking water, that those small things exhausting. That, exhausting, mm-hmm. but it is taking care of yourself. Yeah, it it's is. It's exhausting cuz it's foreign, but that approach you just took, you listed all the things that were great about it. So you're slowly telling your emotions you're like this is this is a good thing. Yeah, showering is a good thing because it get, comes with all these benefits. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Because otherwise, you talk I just... to yourself like a salesman sometimes. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's all it's all about. It's all that 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 I have to trick myself into, um, thinking about like I have to I have to do the reward system with my brain or else yeah. it just otherwise I don't have. I won't have any motivation and it's really yeah. it's hard it's hard to maintain that the reward system is really difficult to maintain because yeah. some things eventually become boring or stale especially when you have an attention deficit uh-huh. you know things aren't you know like I reward myself with cookies cookies but that those cookies get boring after a week or two and then now what am I going to reward myself with you and know and then you like, got to constantly change it up that's an that's a great thing to bring up is um you know you you saying you have to change up your reward system cuz your attention deficit I said, like, I initially started fueling myself with spite. Now it's love. Like, 
when you're on a healing journey, so many people are like, it's like like when people go to start like at the gym, they're like, I'm immediately going to start by like doing this and da da da, and then totally. I'm going to raise my weight. It's like, first of all, it's a lot slower than that. Like yeah. first, you just got to like go to the gym and like take a walk around the loop. Exactly. It's Look like at it, the equipment. It has to start. Yeah, then go it home. has to start there. <laughs> yeah. Or like I'm, for me, like if I start going to the gym, I do it because I'm like, I think something bad about myself. Like, oh, I think I'm overweight and unfit. Eventually, yes. I start my my motivation and my reasoning changes. Same thing works with healing for trauma. You are allowed. Nay, you know you're growing mm-hmm. when your style of of habit changing behavior Mm -hmm. your style of motivating yourself evolves with you we are not healing from trauma is like being a human you are not meant to be stagnant you're supposed to grow and change and the way that you work with yourself is supposed to do that with you and and i love that point um um i love that point because so many times people get or a lot of times it's also presented in this fashion, which I think is not beneficial for a lot of people where it's like the answer to depression is exercise. The answer mm-hmm. to anxiety is, you know, going on a walk or yeah. is meditating or is yoga. The, the And it's it's never just one. First mm-hmm. of all, it's never just one thing. It's a combination never. of whatever works for you. Multiple things. Two, it's not going to be that thing forever so if exercise works for you now that's great if it works for you for six months great if it works for you for six years great but when it changes that doesn't mean you failed that just means your brain's like well now i need something else or i need something different like at least for me yeah like it whatever that thing is that's working for me at the moment that's great and as long as it's working keep doing it but when it changes because it inevitably will Mm -hmm. that's also okay so, it's okay. You that's know. something to give. That's something to give patience and that's something to give understanding to. It is a form too. Like just realizing that and giving yourself that break of like, hey, I don't think this is working anymore. That's amazing. Cool. Because you go, look at me being aware of my emotions and yep. my needs. Look at me making the decision to be like, you know what? No, this isn't it. And then changing it up. And then doing something different, doing whatever works. That's, that's freaking amazing. That's self-care. Like, that like is self-care. being self-aware enough to know what your body needs is positive. It's mm-hmm. not like a it's not like a oh, well, I tried it for six months and then I then I couldn't do it anymore. Well, okay, cool. Because you're cool, then you need something else. What else is that thing? Yeah, variety you know? is the spice of life. Absolutely. Baby. Yeah, Absolutely. your coping mechanisms, your your approach to healing from trauma, all of those can, things can and should change that's yes. just that's part of it and sometimes dude the the i want to address even if if you start doing all these things it is it is constant work like non-stop it, it yeah. is non-stop work especially early on i i burned out a lot and i burned out quickly because oh, i yeah. i ran at it and then i got so freaking sad and then i'd start to beat myself up and i'm like oh i failed at mm-hmm. this thing and then i got so sad and then i can't get out of bed now, when I get the sads, I've gotten to a point where I've worked at it long enough that I'm like, hey, you're sad today. And I just give myself permission. And you're just sad. And you just Because you it's just okay feel to it. just be sad. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to make the, the sad, the anger, those like uncomfortable feelings is sitting in them and let it be. You know, I yeah. describe my trauma as a grave. When I'd feel a negative emotion, I would throw it in the grave and I would ignore yep, it. Bury it. Now... 
I'm slowly learning how to just let it come and pass through and just feel it, understand why it's there. Like, ooh, this made me angry. Like someone did this, that, and the other thing. Okay. That made you angry. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You're going to be angry for a minute? You're going to dwell on it? We are wired after surviving trauma. We are wired to focus on the negative as yeah. a survival mechanism. And whether it's out of self-love or out of spite or if it oscillates between the two, it is important to focus on the positive of that. Like, for instance, I, I told you about glimmers, right? We were talking about yeah. this the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because we're wired to focus on the negative, um, I'm trying to do this thing where I find like a glimmer of a good thing. Even when I'm feeling a negative emotion, like, cause I don't know about you. When I get into a negative emotion, I get stuck there. Stuck there. I get yeah. stuck there so much. So the other day, like a coworker came in, said something that really pissed me off. And I just felt myself like, Ooh, like I'm going to mm-hmm. stay here. I'm going to stew in this. And I was like, Hmm, that was frustrating. My coffee's still hot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, d- I took that moment where I'm like, okay, negative. I felt it. I addressed it. I even said it aloud to myself. I was like, that made me angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My coffee's still hot. I'm try. I'm trying not to say, but my coffee's still hot. You Just know what I mean? Acknowledging like, both. Both. Both are true. Mm-hmm. And what I care about right now, what I can do something about, I can focus on how good this hot cup of coffee is. Mm-hmm. I can't control that other person. I I can't control the fact that they were just a dick to me. Like yeah. Okay. Cool. Let it roll off. Yeah. Have you ever watched Avatar? The Last Airbender. I need to because I feel it's, like this has come up so much for me recently. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. I've oh, watched okay. it at least twice. I think three. I've watched both of them. Avatar The Last Airbender and um, Korra. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched both of them twice. And I think I'm on my third time of watching Avatar. It's just that. It's so good. But there to. is a part in it. Re- what you're saying reminded me there's a part in it where Uncle Iroh, one of the best fucking characters in 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 the entire see the little the little little bob happy with the long goatee yeah like like the uncle that the kind of like like chunky long yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh he's lovely and he learns how to um he learns how to take uh like like when lightning is shot at him because it's all based on elements Right. Yeah. You know, when lightning is shot at him, he can take it in, absorb it into his gut, and then pass it on. Like, 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 like he takes it in with one hand, oh. like pulls it into his. Which I just love that they he talks about it sitting in his gut, which is like mm-hmm. our gut controls so much of our emotions and how we feel and everything. Our solar and, plexus centers us to the ground. Yep, our yep. belly's where we make serotonin. Yep. Yeah. And he take he like takes it in, absorbs it, and then like. And then it passes through him. It doesn't damage him. It doesn't hurt him and nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've started like viewing how I um, take it when emotions, when negative emotions are given to me or thrown at me because I used to just take them in, absorb them and keep them. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're doing that at me, but I'm Mm. not going to, it's not going to be to me. So I'm going to take it in. It's going to sit there with me because that's what emotions do. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to let it keep on going. It This wasn't, this yep. isn't its destination. You know, this is just a stop on the way and it's not mine. It wasn't a gift. It's not mine to keep. It's not my responsibility to take care of. So I'm going to let it go on. You yes. know, I said something oh, I to that. my coworker about something, an interaction we had with a person that was obviously very 
disturbed and and we really wish that we could help them we really wished we could have helped them mm-hmm. but it's they need help that we can't provide and i said you know and, and you know my coworkers talking about man i really feel bad about doing this and doing that i really wish we could help them and i said i said yes you're absolutely right they need a lot of help and and they you know they need they definitely need services they need a lot of help we can't provide that so it's <gasps> yes. not our responsibility like it's, yes yes sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just so excited just that that concept of like acknowledging that someone needs something but also acknowledging that you don't have it that you can't do it and there's nothing you can do about that and that doesn't make you wrong that doesn't make you a bad person that doesn't make you insensitive nothing it's just i acknowledge that you need help mm-hmm. i don't have I also it. respect and acknowledge yeah I am not the one that can give you that. I'm not the one that can give it to you, so mm-hmm. I cannot try because then it will just damage both of us. And you're also fighting, like, the, the internalized perfectionism there. Oh, so absolutely. So good for you. Yeah, it's, which is, I mean, I clinical OCD, like, it's it's <laughs> it's a thing. Um, I don't mean to Should laugh. we take a break? Oh, God. Sorry. Allergies. It's, it, uh, now it's sunny, too, so, like, it's all kicking up. This is the worst time of year for me. It's a hard time. Oh, uh, my, my asthma gets worse. My sinuses get worse. It's, it's just uh, It's uh, my apartment, especially, is really moist. <laughs> <laughs> why? Oh, you're welcome. That's the show. I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Don't I quit. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, I know. I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> when other people say it. But it's true. I have a dehumidifier in my house that runs 24-7. You gotta. Can we talk about also, let's talk about, let's talk, let's talk about it. Have you seen that SNL skit um, um, where it's like the, the uh, Barbra Streisand, like, like fan group? Oh, that sounds so that? And they just like, oh, oh, talk, talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, and they re- name off some like really deep in depth topic, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, da, 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 discuss. And then she's like, oh, she has to like, like, because uh, in that SNL skit, uh-huh. it's a Barbara Streisand fan group. Oh, and it. then unplanned, Barbara Streisand happened to literally be driving by the studio. Stop it. Heard the skit was happening, got out and came and just surprised them oh. and was like, like showed up on the skit and so they were literally like like freaking out what a queen and it was like madonna was part of the skit one of the other uh one of the other i just saw a tiktok Uh. clip too about the person that plays that character who does it in drag Uh was showed up at a barbara streisand concert and she like had them come up on the stage and Uh. (laughs) it was so cute yeah but that's what it makes me think of like oh discuss discuss Discuss. i don't remember what i was going to say (laughs) oh that's what i was going to say (laughs) Uh, is the how things that like are part of that are normal parts of other people's lives like something as simple as like allergies mm-hmm. can be like the tipping point when you're already when you're already dealing with like for me like how do I explain this everything kind of piles on top of everything else so mm-hmm. when I'm like getting you know trying to deal with my trauma trying to like manage my mental state trying to be positive trying to be in the moment trying to feel present trying to process my emotions trying to like be a a a personable person you know trying to make sure i drink enough water and eat enough food and then i fucking have 
allergies, I'm like, that's eat. that's it. I can't Tony handle it. Say, I can't do it. Enough. Enough. <laughs> I'm done. Enough. I'm done. I can't deal with this. It's like the, yeah, the the. I I think I say this often, but I I think it needs to be said all the time. Is that when we talk about all of the shit that we're dealing with when we're mm-hmm. processing trauma, when we're you know trying to be you know all of this like the whole first half of the show that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, we're doing that in addition to life. Life. Yeah. The normal things, getting up, going to work, um, like food allergies, seasonal allergies, joint pain. If you have any other kind of health issue that is related or not related, I've got a couple autoimmune disorders, Mm -hmm. a bad back and, and, you know, like things like that. Like, broke my foot like a year and a half ago, had to go to like physical therapy. Like, those are just like normal like things, but it felt like fucking world crushing and ending because it's just that extra thing that's on top of every fucking thing I have to also do you know oh my god I always I always say being I've had some I'm someone who's like dealt with my mental health like fortunately I've had a long life of uh knowing that I'm neurodivergent like I I I had I was lucky to have that and like have been working on it for years but even before I ever got my first job bagging groceries every day of my life I have a full-time job of having a mental illness yeah. it is a full-time fucking job and 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 a very tiring one like plus I'm reparenting myself so I'm also a mom oh in a way absolutely. yeah so I'm mentally ill I'm a mom to myself reparenting myself then I've got a relationship which requires work I've got a job which requires work I've you got to have be, friends you want to have social wanna, life yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to fix my car and pay my bill and like do all the human have shit. hobbies and interests yeah dude yeah hobbies <laughs> hobbies don't even get me started I can't do hobbies <laughs> I'm exhausted. Right? I wake up tired. <laughs> yeah. I wake up tired just thinking about all the shit I'm going to have to do. Yep. I, it, it's it's like I I think you would agree with this that if I could if I could support myself financially, mm-hmm. uh, like without having to work do like a go to work thing, just managing my mental health and my physical health. Is a, is is I'm I'm almost at capacity. That's your that's the hobby. Anything, that is the anything cas- you enjoy doing is in order to offset a side effect of yes. your mental illness. Yes, exactly. Or, or your physical pain, whatever I, it is. I have to say, and uh, I want to word this correctly because it's very it would be very easily to come off as offensive. Okay. Um, I uh, bar like during COVID when we had to stay home. And if you worked, you had to work from home. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't the social pressure. There wasn't, I didn't have to go to a job. I didn't have to do, I, I, I was just, you know, I, I was fortunate in the sense that I was already on disability before that. So my disability just continued. And then yeah, there was even a little bit more, not nearly as much as there should have been, but there was, you know, m- a little bit more assistance. Mm-hmm. I kind of thrived in that environment. Oh, yeah. Because I still got to connect with people, mm-hmm. but it was over FaceTime or on the phone or text or, you know, I played like connected with people and played video games, you know, and chatted on Discord like that. Like it was every all of my connection was virtual for the most part, mm-hmm. which is kind of ideal for me because I get it's it's the best. I get to talk to you. I get to experience, but I don't have to as 
there's no such thing as relaxing when I'm outside of my home. Period. Doesn't nope. matter. Doesn't matter. Nope. People come over in your sweatpants. You can just you can just chill out. There's no pressure. It doesn't matter how little pressure you're putting on me. I have already put too much on myself. You know. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I just feel so bad because I've said exactly that to you. <laughs> oh, you, there's no. I, I don't. No one else should feel bad. They're all very, it's all, their intentions are always, they're like, people are trying to communicate that they are not holding me to any standard, that they want me to be as comfortable at their, in their environment as I am in my own. Oh, and it's like, that's great, bitch, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, totally. Like, I appreciate (laughs) that. Thank you. Like, I I genuinely appreciate the sentiment. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't even like I was talking to my friend the other day. I can't leave my house in sweatpants. It doesn't matter if it's 10 p.m. and I I'm craving Oreos and I'm just going to Walmart for two seconds. Does not matter. I have to put pants on. I cannot leave my house in sweatpants. I don't know why because trauma, I'm afraid of perception, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So in that like like no social requirement, the only time I ever had to leave my house was for groceries. Um, Yeah. I kind of thrive, and I didn't have to go to work. Yeah, I'm. Don't get me wrong; it was financially very difficult, but personally, I kind of thrived in that. It's great. Yeah. It was. It was like if I could exist that way, I would. Mm-hmm. But I. How do you communicate to people? How do you tell friends who don't have that same um, uh, dynamic? That dynamic isn't good for them. They don't understand the concept that I don't have to see you to love you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't have to come to your environment. We do not have to connect in a social setting for me to experience my relationship with you. How do yeah. you communicate to the world? I'm good with never leaving my house. And I, when I say never leaving my house, I, I don't I don't mean not that this is bad or I'm not putting any connection to it emotionally. I don't mean like never leaving my house in a sense that I like, like shut in or like so introverted I can't function. Mm -hmm. But like I don't need to go outside. I can go enjoy it when I want to. But I get to connect with people in that capacity. How do you communicate to the world that like I, 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 I don't like this isn't good for me. You know, like yeah. like having to exist in a society is so challenging for me that it sucks the joy out of the rest of my life. That's the thing. D- dog, you just got to say that. That's the thing. That's a that's a boundary. It's yeah. that's that's setting a boundary. And like the fact that you, and here's the thing about setting a boundary. Um, as I've slowly learned how to set boundaries people self-eliminate that's something i went through during covid is because i i experienced much the same thing i was like oh this is kind of great but also covid brought up kind of i think it was a period that kind of brought up the best and the worst totally. in all of us because we also had like black lives matter was happening at the same time we were becoming more aware of like what was happening or dysfunctional politically like yes it kind of brought out the um everybody's true colors yeah um and during COVID, I started setting a lot of boundaries and telling people like, hey, I need this from you in order for us to have a relationship. Do you know how many people kind of self-eliminated with that? And I was like, oh, shit. It was and it was kind of depressing because I was like, oh, I shit. I thought there's... I had all of these people that genuinely cared about me. Turns out it was fake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a fucking bummer. But that's the thing. I don't think that 
was a bad thing. Like, sure, it was hard that it happened, but now I'm grateful because now I just can I have the I've, I've gained the confidence to straight up communicate communicate with people like, hey, this is what I am, where I'm at and what I need. And those that respect it. Great. We have totally. a wonderful functional relationship. Yep. Those that don't don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. I know. And I, I know like. I, I, I know that, pro- that a lot of the challenge is my is my. I don't know what the right word would be. It's part of your progression. Well, it, I think. it's. Oh, I posted something on my story. I'm going to have to send it to you. It was really it was this a, a guy talking about trauma and how the uh, how I, I, I don't remember exactly. But I mean, it brought me to, to tears watching it. it was it was beautiful. Mm. But it was talking about when you live in like when you have trauma, when you have PTSD and you lived in the environment like we did, mm-hmm. um, you end up constantly trying when you live in an environment where you're not good enough you know some people go one direction and I don't remember what he described but some people then end up spending the rest of their lives trying to always please everyone you never you never uh, say what you want you never set any kind of boundaries you never you're just you're trying to keep everyone happy with you all the time and I'm like yeah. that is my that's my life yeah that's saw, my life I saw something just like that um just scrolling through TikTok I love it when like the things that just creep up on you like make you access an emotion you didn't know you had yeah I saw uh, a, a clip from a poem or, or a piece of writing but it just said um when you're born in a burning house you think the whole world's on fire oh god yes but it's not yeah that that is that is mind boggling. That made me. <laughs> that just made me curl up on my bed. I was having a fine day. I curled up on my bed and I sobbed. Yeah. I just sobbed. That's yeah. the thing, though, is it's like when when it comes to that, that is the other thing. That's the constant work to be done. Some days it's easy. Some days it's not. Eventually, you are relentlessly yourself. Yeah. And that's what we all want to work toward is being relentlessly ourselves being yourself extremely loud and here's the thing and intentionally and intentionally being yourself intentionally and people pleasing is so hard to undo oh my god i don't (laughs) abraham lincoln has a very famous quote i'm sure you've heard it you can please all the people some of the time some of the people all the time but you can't please all the The people people all all the time time. i have heard that facts you just can't and that we we internalize all these expectations of perfectionism survival what we have to do there comes a point where you have to admit to yourself i'm suffering because of this this is unrealistic and unsustainable and the truth is until you have that pardon the expression come to jesus moment with yourself (laughs) seriously and you say i can't do this that's the only way that you can begin to change and become the yep. person that you want. There, we. It's a common. It's a. I will say it's a common concept, but something that I and I think anybody with trauma forgets constantly is that is the when you compare mental illness to physical illness. So you know we we often we you know we often um, physical illnesses and not all physical illness visible illness. You know a yeah. broken leg cancer oh yeah uh, huge things that we acknowledge those if someone says i'm sorry i can't do this because i have cancer no one goes uh fucking 
pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You have cancer. It's not that mm-hmm. big of a deal. No one says that, you know, but you say, I'm sorry, I can't meet you for coffee. I'm having a really tough mental day. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, ugh, you know, like they that the concept that the perception is different. Not people, not good people, not people. I was just that gonna I say, like I was like, you want to know the secret? Those people suck. Those people That's suck. That's what it is. Exactly. Those people are wrong, and those people are not. Those worth people are pleasing. wrong. People that okay, I'm just gonna say this: people that don't understand or respect you for choosing to be who you are do not deserve space in your life. No, they, they just don't. don't. Of course, we need to learn how to navigate those kinds of dynamics and still like constantly grant ourselves autonomy because sometimes it's just unavoidable there's just like a dick behind you in line at the bank or it's yeah. a co-worker and not in a or, good way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've had dicks behind you at the bank and it's good <clears throat> listen <laughs> this is not the podcast for that this Ooh, <laughs> just kidding talk about mice um, oh, I feel squelchy I got Ugh. the ick as soon as I said Ugh. it even trying to cry <laughs> <laughs> Even trying to crack a joke. No, but for real, though, like it's it's one of those things. It's important to, it's it's uh it's an essential life skill to know how to get along with people you don't jive with. Yeah, you got to know it. However, in your unstructured time, setting that boundary of being like I I can't do this. And here's the other thing. This is something I've I've had to work with recently. Um, if I'm having like social burnout, and I say it's too much, I feel so bad. When I cancel plans, but then I also feel like really so, good. so relieved because <laughs> so I'm like, oh, now I don't, I have, don't to do have to do it. it. But it's it. like I need to, I need to give them that reason, or even sometimes make one up. Just be like, oh, I have a headache. Over explain. Over explain. I have a headache. Blah blah blah. To like get their permission that it's okay. Yep. Whereas, whereas, if I texted you and I was like, hey, you know, I love you. I want to see you today. I'm just really burnt out. How would you react? Like, absolutely, please, please, like, take time for yourself. Do what you need to do. Like, it's yep. totally fine. Like, I would not, like, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. I would just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, your needs come first. Your needs yeah. always have to come first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can give that to yourself, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's absolutely the thing. not. It's a skill to learn how to treat yourself like a friend. Yeah. Because you are, you're it. Like, our social and emotional bonds are important, but from the day we're born till the day we die, we are all we've got reliably yeah. people will come people will go people will break your trust people will violate you people will traumatize you but learning to be okay with yourself is the hardest and truly only essential work i work yeah. in a school right i tell the kids all the time i'm like i care more that you leave here being a well-adjusted human being that knows how to cope with difficulty that knows who you are and knows how to stand up for yourself i could give a flying fuck if you can find the area of a triangle. I don't give a <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Like, I tell the kids, I'm like, your grades don't matter. If you decide that, like, college isn't for you, okay. You know yourself. And don't yeah. let anybody, of course, try things. Learn to push yourself. Especially as a kid, like, try Set new things. Goals, open your, test yeah. your limits. Do yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. But that's something, like, as soon as they leave school, I'm like, you're going to need to keep doing that. Yeah. That's just part of existing. We... The moment we're done living is the moment we decide we're done learning. Learning is a lifelong journey. And love, self-love is an active verb. That's something Mr. Rogers said. He's like, love is not a a stagnant thing. It is it is a constant effort and a constant action. And it's 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 always going. It's like run like 
you don't just stop doing it. It's it's work. You have to push at it. And that means loving the people around you and loving yourself. Like it's got to be it's got to be constant effort. And sometimes that effort's too much and you're just going to curl up in bed with cookies and you got to say, "Girl, that's okay too." It's okay. It's that's okay. okay too. It's okay. And that's Again, that, that... sitting down on a broken leg. Sometimes sitting down on a broken leg when you have a uh, depression or anxiety means just sitting and scrolling and just yeah. coping and just allowing yourself the space to just just feel it and be where you're at and give yourself the the permission and the space to do that. And at first it's very uncomfortable. Oh, it's, I'm not going to lie. And it's painful. It's, it's agonizing. The, the, <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's not just agonizing. It's agonizing. Agonizing. Oh. Uh, and that's the kind of the point that I was making. I think I talked a couple, a couple episodes ago. I don't remember about how it, it's a, it's a, it's a very risky thing to do, but it worked for me and it doesn't work for everyone where I would, like I would compare my mental health issues to physical health issues mm-hmm. where I'd be like, you know, like, oh, I'm just being lazy. I'm being dumb. I'm this, I should just get over it. And then I would be like, OK, it, what degree did what I say that PTSD is in comparison to what I think? Is it a cold or is it cancer? You yeah. know, and I'd be like, oh, I think it's definitely closer to. A broken leg. I think it's definitely closer to an incurable. I think it's definitely. Cl- mm-hmm. And I would look at that and I'd go, okay, how would I treat? How would I treat cancer? Would I be? Would I be? And I don't want to. I'm not trying to. I hope under everyone understands. I'm not invalidating, minimizing any illness at all. They're no. all like a cold is just as important as a broken leg. I get yeah. that to each person, but for me, that's not how I was conditioned to think so Mm -hmm. I had to use my conditioning to my benefit so that you know what I'm saying I had to take to (laughs) to to quote the scriptures I had to take what the world meant for evil and use it for good yeah um uh uh so I so you know would I be this hard on myself so I think that PTSD is in comparison to a broken leg what would I be doing for a broken leg? Would I be fucking forcing myself to walk on it? Would I be going to work every single day? Would I be beating myself up because I can't run a marathon? Fuck no, I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I'd be resting. I'd be letting it heal. I'd be going to physical therapy every day. I'd be pushing myself. I'd be hurting. I'd be relearning how to use that broken leg because it's fucking broken. So mm-hmm. why, when I am having a really bad mental health day and I'm out of spoons and I'm emotionally distraught and can't function, can't think straight, want to cry at the thought of leaving leaving my house, why am I still putting on clothes and going to that coffee date with that person that loves me enough that if I canceled, they'd be fine? Why am I still doing it? Why am I still pushing myself to do these things that are harming myself? Yeah. In truth, too, something, first of all, amazing. Yes, that's, okay. Yeah. Two things. <laughs> First of all, I want to point out that, you know, we're saying we say managing your mental health is a full time job. It is because of that cognition you just did there. Yes. You know how many calories you burned thinking them just thoughts? Just having to process them that. Thoughts? Yep. Of course you're going to get burnout. That is so that is so much work. That's this so is our, much work. our strongest, weirdest, dumbest organ is up here in our skull. Yep. Like it is both all of our brilliance and it's, it's running the show. If you burn out your brain. It's eventually going to turn to physical illness. It's yes. shown time and time again that like trauma and like autoimmune disorders, physical ailments, they're all one and the same because this, this shit's running the show. Yeah, stress 100%. does break your body down. It period. does. It breaks it your does. body down from the inside out. Like it's bad. Exactly. And so first of all, that. So like 
allow yourself burnout because you're doing a lot of work just recovering from trauma. Even on days when you feel like you're not doing anything, finding, like I was saying before, those glimmers, like I've got my warm coffee, like, okay, I'm really sad today. I did get out of bed and put on, I put on matching socks. <laughs> they matched, bitch. I or on, not matching. If that I, makes you, yep. if that, I don't want to yuck your yum, but like if that I makes you happy. I put on a pair of pants that was washed within the last week. Fucking win. Good for win. you. Good fucking Good win. Good for you. Yeah. And that's what I mean about like focusing on that positive yeah. when we're wired for the negative. And sometimes it just feels fucking patronizing. It's like, yes. like I'll stand there and I'll be like, you're brushing your teeth. I'm like, Good for you, bitch. What and the then I'm like. Fuck ever. Because yeah. I'm my I'm my own um, biggest bully. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? I'm so mean to myself. But it's also just kind of like, after a while, you're just kind of like, girl, shut up. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm still going to do me over here. Like, yeah. you would to yeah. a bully. Totally. Um, but then that thing about, like, like you know, canceling plans or something when you've got the when you've got the burnout, those times when you can't do it and you do show up, you're empty. This isn't something I learned until my current relationship. I did that a lot, is I would, like, show up and I'd be there. And then, like, I wouldn't have a good time, and the person I wasn't with was that, like, wasn't having a good time because I was just, like, too drained. And it took my beautiful, wonderful partner. How many times have I just, like, talked about how great Eden is on I show? think it's fantastic. When I think when we have amazing people in our lives, we should talk about it all the fucking time. So, please, by all means, as, many, as often as you can. If it nauseates you, I don't really give a shit because yeah. um, I love him. He's exactly. Amazing. That's what I, I was mean. looking for. Um, but <laughs> like, I'm he... sorry I'm talking about them so much, but if you don't like it, fuck right off. <laughs> see, it's, and see, that was a cognitive process yep. for me is my reflexes yep. to apologize, but You don't shut have up. to. I love it. Um, but he pointed out something where it was like, you know, when it, we talk about that, like, choosing versus compelled thing. Yeah. That came up even earlier in our relationship because I would, like, initially we worked together. And I would, like, have burnout and I would show up and he'd be like. Why are you here? <laughs> well, that's the thing. No, he actually said to me at one point, he put it beautifully. He was like, it hurts my feelings when you show up physically and the rest of you doesn't have capacity to come along. Wow. That's amazing. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm. If I show up for someone that I love when I'm burned out, in a way, I'm disappointing them because I'm not taking care of the person that they love. Exactly. And that's a that's a huge oh thing. My, Keep that yep. in mind. It's like, yep. if you, it's so much better to say no. I can't today. I love you. Then if you show up and you're you don't have enough spoons, because yes. that that yep. sucks. Especially because like sometimes you can show up to those things and they're they're having a bad day. I would rather, if I'm having a rough day and a friend can't show up for me because they're burnt out, than have them show up or, and, like, feel that, that momentary disappointment of, like, oh, I couldn't see them. Okay. I'll find another way to preoccupy my time. I'll find oh, totally. another way to make myself I'll, feel better. I'll, I'll call another, another friend. Yeah, yeah, I'll call exactly. another friend or I'll just, like, go get a movie. Whereas if they show up and I am feeling something and I want to talk about it, but I can tell they're already bogged down. I feel worse. Then I feel worse mm-hmm. and then I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's it, that's a part of the whole process is treating yourself like a friend. Yep. Being giving that patience, granting that grace to yeah. make and fucking, I fucked it up more times than I've oh, gotten it right. Constantly, That's I constantly fuck it up. And you have mm-hmm. to, you have to exhibit the same love for yourself that you, you know, like you know, like kids learn by example, not by. So, like, if you say, "Hey, we don't do this." that's not going to be nearly as impactful as just not doing it. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you know, hey, we brush our teeth every single night. We never skip a night. But you skip every night, they're not going to do it. Because, by mm-hmm. exa- you know, you have to exhibit the same love for yourself so that the person that you love can believe you yeah. that you love them that much. And sometimes I do skip a night brushing my teeth. Oh, we all so, do. Absolutely. Yeah, but- sometimes it'll happen and I'll be like, 
Eh, still took my meds though. I took. <laughs> <laughs> hey, totally. Baby steps, huh? The the I used mouthwash, or I didn't, or whatever. I showered instead or of I washing, didn't. like whatever. I took care of myself in other ways. Yeah, the, that's the thing. You're not, and oh, let's highlight that for a minute. You're not as you're like learning how to cope with yourself and work with your trauma and just how to be a fucking human being in the world. Yeah. Because there's no there's no such thing as existing in the world at this point without being traumatized. No, there's everyone, just everyone there's has just trauma. Not. Everyone has some kind of trauma. Everyone. You got to give yourself the truth of you're not going to get everything right 100% of the the time. Don't don't default to like Oh, look at their perfect Instagram house and everything that's going right for them. I promise you they've got dirty panties They're under their bed show. that you're not seeing. They're an yeah. absolute shit show behind no, no, the no, scenes. No, 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 no. We do not play the comparison game because no. everyone's doing their own version. And the reason their house probably looks fantastic is because they're coping with some other symptom where they've got to they've got to have It's it like aligned. overcompensating for something yeah. else. Yeah. Everyone's in their own hell. And that's something I'm trying to remember, too, is it's like... When I when I lose patience with people, of course, there's like a certain threshold of like, okay, you're just acting destructively now. Whereas someone's like, just kind of does something shitty. A, a friend of mine recently was like, pointed this out to me. They're like, oh, you know, someone will come uh, late to work, and everyone around is just like, oh my god, how dare they? They'd be ten minutes late. They're like, and my first thought is, what's happening in their day that they're ten minutes late? I was like, exactly. oh, shit, I've not been doing that. Mm-hmm. I've been because I'm wired to focus on that negative, and it's taking oh, yeah. that training and cognition to to do that. Even yeah. just sitting <laughs> like, here now, you know, we talk about we 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 sit here for two hours a week, and we talk about what it's like for like having trauma and how to cope with trauma. We go home and take a nap. Oh, we go home and. Yeah. We go home and don't drink enough water, eat too much sugar, <laughs> don't listen and then to us. don't We're talk about our feelings. We don't do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, Please, no, what did Alice means. say? Um, I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow, follow it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I. But hey, sometimes I do. Good for me. But I talk about it mm-hmm. because talking about it normalizes it and the more you talk about something and the more it's normalized the more it sets into your brain Mm -hmm. and then it does become patterns and that's why we talk about it and that's why we talk about sometimes the same things over and over again every single week because that's how it becomes a habit and a pattern and that's all I'm trying to do for myself for anybody else is just to normalize the things that aren't normalized so people will talk about them more and the more we talk about them the easier it will become to make a habit and the healthier we will all be you know part of that means getting it wrong sometimes part of that means just admitting to yourself that you got it wrong or you did something wrong and that's okay okay with it and that's okay like oh my god you know how much easier my life would have been if either one of my parents would have just taken responsibility if they would have looked at me i do that with with the kids i work with all the time i i relish in the moments when they prove me wrong on something and i look them in the eye and say i was wrong yep thank you like, oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. Just oh, that, my gosh. Yep. I, I am a human and I have faults. Mm-hmm. It's Slowly growing to be the person that you needed mm-hmm. is in and of itself success. My only goal ever, and I, I tell myself this every day, my only goal is to just be better than I was yesterday. However yeah. that looks. However that, that looks. looks. I brushed my teeth for 10 seconds yesterday. I'll brush them for 11 today. It's improvement. It's progress. Or I brushed know? my teeth for 10 seconds yesterday. I didn't brush them today, but I'm cool with that. But I'm okay with it. I'll brush them tomorrow. I have yeah. I have permission mm-hmm. to fail. Two things I wanted to mention because we're coming up to the end. Two things I want to say before I, I forgot. About and two hours of bullshit. Oh my god, how I do we know. do this every week? I don't know. Bruh. It's exhausting. Bruh. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that the two thing two things I wanted to say. One was that when going back to the 
comparing mental health to physical illness, um, that I acknowledge the fact that if I have a broken leg and I push it, I will injure myself more. Mm -hmm. That pushing past the boundaries causes more injury. And so I try to remind myself that mental health is exactly the same way. If you get to that point, if you're out of spoons, if you're burnt out, just like exactly like you said, when you mm. do end up forcing yourself to go to coffee with that friend and then they need you to be there and you can't be present because you're exhausted, it causes more damage. Mm -hmm. Like when you push an illness, it causes more damage that then you will still have to deal with that more damage, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, the the uh yeah did you want to I, oh sorry i i just did that thing this is our the, how you what, remember something no, and I well, didn't no go this on. is this is when i'm with uh yeah it's how i remember it when ian and i talk yeah um we we're both like we both think very quickly so when one of us has something to say it's like i'm gonna hold on to this thought but i'm still present and just so you know i've got a thing to say my fingers on my nose right now yeah yeah um, i love that because then it's like then i know that you have something to say and i don't want to just because i'll just keep talking indefinitely but it's also me holding <laughs> it's also me holding, holding the thought, thought there yeah, yeah. um Guess what? Did you forget it? No. Oh. <laughs> I just remembered. Oh my god. Yay. Um pushing yourself there only and only you know your limits. There are times where I double check where I'm like is this an energy thing or a fear thing? Oh, that's Some, a really good point. Sometimes if I push past it's like, "Oh, I want to go out to coffee with this person, but I'm too tired." That's one thing. I want to go out to coffee with this person, but I'm I'm feeling afraid of it for some reason. And anxious, and I'm not sure why. And but then I push out and face that fear. I do often feel better. Exactly. So there, but only you know yourself and that limitation. There, there is give and take with that, and it takes time to oh, learn. Oh, takes to which. learn that. Mm -hmm. Also, the anxiety and the fear can exist with the burnout, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's louder. So sometimes you do. And, and this is why it's this is one of the reasons important to have really good people in your life who know you and love you, mm -hmm. because sometimes you're like, oh, I think this is a fear based thing. And I really think this would be good for me. So I'm going to push through and go to coffee with that friend. And you get 30 minutes in and, in and you go, oh, this I'm actually also tired. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm actually also burnt out and being able to just say, hey, I love you and I really enjoy time with you. But I I am exhausted and I don't feel good. And I just need to go home and I'm so sorry. You know, like And the decent people in your life will be like, Oh Thank my god, you. yeah. Like Thank you yeah. for telling mm -hmm. me what you need. Go home, yeah. get some go rest. Home. Yeah, do you need anything? Do you want can I bring you food? You know, like And that, good job for trying. Exactly. And so good job for trying. That like you can sometimes push past so so a lot of times that whole pushing past pushing past and you'll feel better is the only outcome that people the only example they give. And I wanna mm -hmm. just be very clear that Yes, you also can sometimes push past it because you think you'll feel better, and then you don't, and that's also okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, the it's very nonlinear. That's that's it's all just I'm not. saying. You just it's it, not. you have to check in with yourself constantly. And it's a day to day thing. Sometimes also, something that worked yesterday isn't going to work today. Also, that's what cool you think too. what you what you think uh, a one spoon coffee date turns into a five spoon coffee date, and you now have five spoons. Mm -hmm. You don't you you only had one, and you thought that's what that's what you're getting into, mm -hmm. and then you give your one, and you realize they need four more, and you don't have them. And mm -hmm. it's okay to also check in and check out there, there you know? Amen. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say about, you know, the one of the things that was like a really powerful statement, a turning point for me, I was used to be even more self-deprecating than I am now, like, like actively constantly saying self-deprecating things as jokes, you know, yeah. to myself. And I just, I did it constantly mm -hmm. and I said I I said a self-deprecating joke to a friend of mine 
and you know, ha ha, laughed, ha ha, and they looked at me square in the eye and very sincerely said, I don't like how you're talking about my friend. Oh, and it, God, that's a shake. Yeah, it legitimately, yeah. I'm not exaggerating when I say it was like a turning point for my self-deprecating talk because oh, yeah. it was like I realized that I was being, if I was being that mean to someone else, they would have to say something. If someone really cared mm-hmm. about me or them, they would have to say something with how mean I would I was being to, quote unquote, that person. But that person was me. Yeah. And it was legitimately offending this person that deeply cared for me because I was being so mean to their friend. The best people in your life call you out on your shit. Yeah. And even if that shit is being pointed back at yourself, you yeah. know? Oh, and self-deprecation, that's that's a tough one. I've struggled with that, too. You know what sometimes works for me? Not all days, well, but, what? but what sometimes works for me is I'll be like, ooh, I'm feeling down and low and, like, I want to say something self-deprecating. So I will, like... I'll go into, you know, performer mode. You know what I say when I say that? I go into performer mode and I'm like, I'm going to say something so like exaggerated and egotistical that is so far the opposite that it's just as ridiculous. But I feel better. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like. Almost make like a like a a joke or a performance out of it. Or I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Usually for me, it's I say something self-deprecating about my body. Yeah. Same. Or I'm just kind of like. Uh, you know, I'm I'm overweight or something, or it's like, yeah. oh, I don't look good mm-hmm. in these pants. Where I'm just kind of like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I would I would come do that, but I'm too fat. I'm just like, there is too much lusciousness of me <laughs> to love to make yeah. those pants work. So the pants are wrong. You know what I I do? <laughs> what I've gotten the habit. Of, I love that. I fucking love that. By the way, <laughs> I've gotten the habit of something similar where I so because I'm also I do a lot of body shaming because that was. The, the you know trauma like fucking insert the reason um uh so i do a lot of body shaming and i'll do something like that I'd be like oh my god you're so fucking fat like you're so fat and disgusting and then mm-hmm. i'll i'll like as i'll be like oh so you think fat is ugly i'm like well i have this conversation with myself well no b- being fat isn't ugly oh so you think that do you think that person's fat because they have a similar body style like you uh-huh. and and like oh so, and so you think that person's fat and you think that person is unattractive because they're fat me, like me. well no <laughs> i don't think that way i don't feel like being fat is ugly okay well yeah. then why are you saying it to yourself mm-hmm. like i have this like logical conversation with myself mm-hmm. in my head every time i have that th- that thought yep. uh, you know i'll be like oh so you think oh so so you're a fucking asshole then right yep. so you're an asshole i'm like well no i'm not that mean okay then stop fucking being that mean to yourself yeah you know like that like that conversation i know we're i know we're almost out of time we got one minute exactly we got one minute so <laughs> what you just described there something i meant to touch on today and then we got so carried away first thought second thought psychology oh yeah is what you just described there where you look at yourself and you think i'm fat that's that first thought that comes into your head when you think something is what you were taught yep the second thought that comes in where you're like well no that's not fair that's who you really are Yes. The biggest, most tough challenge of trauma is recognizing first thought, second, second thought. thought. You mm-hmm. see someone walking down the street and she's in a low cut top and you're like, oh, she looks like a hoe. And there's like, no, she doesn't. That's, yeah, she's allowed to do that. Second, second thought, thought is who you are. Yep. We get so caught up on the first thought, but keep that's there we go. There's a fear boundary. That's one to push through. First thought, yes. second thought. Mm-hmm. Look for your glimmers. Cut yourself a break. Every day is different. Yep. Be patient. I I didn't hear it presented like first thought, second thought psychology, but I did hear someone say that you are not responsible for your intrusive thoughts. 
you're responsible for how you react to them. So <clears throat> so Ooh. when you have an intrusive thought and you think that's you, it's not you. That's an intrusive thought. How you react to that, basically first thought, second thought. How you react to that intrusive thought is how you are. Bro. And on oh. the... And in, in that, on that psychology, I'm a fucking amazing person. <laughs> I am in fucking incredible. Goddamn <laughs> we right all you are, are, right? We all are. Uh. Well, thank you. This has been amazing. I'm so glad you were here. This has been so much fun. If you want to keep listening to this, we're catching up on our episodes. I'm only four behind now instead of like eight. So yay. So there's a couple new episodes. We I just uploaded last week. I uploaded our 40th episode. <gasps> yay! 40 episodes. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And um, you can find those episodes on Google, Apple, uh, Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. And you can follow our Instagram. It's our turn pod. We post when there's new episodes or when we're going live and who's going to be hosting. And then uh, Tony also posts some really cool things on the stories. And uh, you should check it out. And you can email us too if you want to. It's our turn pod at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you're listening on the radio station, don't go anywhere. Then.